check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. This is Alpha Mike transmitting high atop of Florida's peninsula at 108 feet. And today you are listening to episode 241 titled Taurus 856. As we talk about guns, 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 of course, it's something that we desperately need in today's society. Second Amendment was founded by our forefathers for us to bear those arms. But not every American agrees with that. So today on episode 241, we're going to talk about one specific gun, Old Reliable, and how it's changed. But every now and then, somebody picks one up and says, you know what, these things are just a sure shot. How do you get in contact with us? Well, it's real easy. RaiderCop.com takes you to our audio website where you can hear all our podcasts from number one to number 241. And RaiderCopNation.com takes you to our official website where you can get more information, upcoming shows on us. As always, you know, I'm always saying the same thing. We live in troubled times and... Half of your training regiment in firearms is purchasing a weapon, then getting the right ammunition for your weapon. Then there's the issue of getting the proper holster. Then you start training, maybe as a novice or a beginner. And You're on the road to becoming a Second Amendment carrying concealed permit holder. Maybe in your state, constitutional carry is just as good. But that's only half the battle. God forbid you have to take that weapon out of the holster to defend yourself or that of your loved ones because the lawyers are going to come after you. Today, you need the USCCA to back you up on that, and they do a good job. Not only do you get legal protection, but you get an overwhelming amount of training that you can always store in your training book bag. The USCCA, you can't go wrong. And if you want to be a member today, you can, but it's just simply going to your smartphone and typing in... uh, Rader, R-A-I-D-E-R, to 87222-87222, and they'll send you a link, and that'll start you on your road to become a member of the USCCA. If you're driving, you didn't get all that, and all I heard was 222, well, don't get too nervous, because right down on the bottom of the show notes, there's a link that says USCCA. Click on that. And that'll take you there. Or you can visit our website, RaiderCopNation.com. Also on social media, everything but Twitter and LinkedIn. We got rid of those two communist outfits. But you can find us on 
mostly all other social media outlets by clicking in Raider Cop, Raider Cop Podcast, or Raider Cop Nation. You will find us. You know, I've got some interesting episodes coming up. You know, Kilo Sierra, he was here with the rifle course that we took recently, the tactical, and, and we went through that that course with him on, on, on the episode of taking us down range and so forth. And he had mentioned that he was taking another course excited about it. I'm going to allow him to announce it. And uh, it's it's going to be something we're going to do an upcoming show on that. And it's going to really bring the audience to different evolutions of firearm training. And that's what we're trying to do here. Not only uh, tactical training in firearms or rifles, and we're also looking at this new evolution that he'll uh, bring forth and uh, that's what we want to do on this um, podcast is to give you a lot of options. I had the good fortune recently to talk to an old friend that is also in the firearms business, not as uh, just starting out, we'll just say. And um, I'm glad the more people take up the business of the Second Amendment, and get more proficient at it, the safer a community, a country that we become. And um, so hopefully soon I may have him on, on the podcast as, as a guest just for he can share his experiences in becoming a new entrepreneur in the area of firearms training. And that it's going to you know, open your eyes a little bit more. So, you know, we come to this part of the episode where I've got to give you those three depressing stories, but I've got one that isn't so depressing, so just to lighten things up. But it's time to call our bipolar uncle in the White House and listen to the three stories of the train wreck at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Tasha called the servants of the mental with her bipolar uncle, bipolar. Our first story takes us to the Democratic machine over at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue that is committed to spend $100 million on communist productions. That's right, the Democratic Party is willing, able, and eager to spend $100 million to push Uncle Joe's pathetic projects and move those ahead so that the American public can understand how bad the train wreck is going to be. Of course, $100 million gives you a lot of radio and television airtime, and what they're going to be doing is at the end of all those little commercial spots that we're going to be aggravated over the hell with uh, in the next month or so, it'll be like if they were running for office all over again as they tell us over and over to call your representative and tell them you want Uncle Joe to continue driving the wreck train down the tracks. 
coming soon. You can't make this story up, folks. Our second story takes us to the squad and the Democratic machine at it again. This time, not only do they want to stop evictions from going forward, because they really see the importance in stopping all this. They also want to stop student loans. You see, Chuck Schumer and all the rest of the wackies on the left, they want to stop all the production line. Remember, we've told you, leftists are into controlling the production lines. And so if you stop everybody from paying over 30 million people these loans, you create more chaos. And they are, like and get smart, chaos. They know what they're doing. So they have actively gone to the media and they're putting pressure on Uncle Joe. Forget about the 30-day standoff. They want it to go all the way through his term, the no-payment plan. And Americans are raising their hands in victory, saying, finally, we got the goof in the White House we were looking for. (laughs) And our third story, which isn't really that bad of a story, but it does show you one thing. When you're so bad at being a politician, and that your policies are so horrible that you've got to dig deep inside your basket to see what you can pull out, that you pull out the opposition's plan, activate it, act like, yeah, it's yours, and you're so bad that you have to actually think, how do I, how do I bamboozle the country and believing that I came up with this idea. What am I talking about? Title 42. The Trump administration had used Title 42 very effectively in expelling illegals from the border. Now recently the spokesperson over at the White House turned back red said that they were going to start using or extending that policy and uh, Title 42 to expel some of these illegals crossing the border and sending them back. But what Turnback Red did not say is that in June they had used it. Now, just as a brief reminder to everybody that's listening, if you look down real quick at your watch or calendar, you'll notice that we're in the month of August. So they're extending it now in August, but they actually used it in June of 2021, the Biden administration, and they expelled approximately 104,907 illegals from the border. So I guess they kept it quiet until somebody revealed those exact numbers and they were actually published. So turn back red now is telling us that they're going to extend Title 42 and, you know, kind of use it because we're listening to the CDC, you know, the 
communist division of, of commies. And they're going to basically, because of uh, COVID, and, and, and uh, we don't want people to get exposed and all this baloney. But it's just a, a, a charade. That's all it really is. They've got to stop the train wreck crossing the border in the amount of hundreds of thousands every month. It's out of control. And you've even got some fellow Democrats calling 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, telling the goof in charge of the train, what in the hell are you doing? You can't make it up. So that brings us now to that portion in the episode where if you're a little down from what I said and you can't get any joy or any sunshine out of it, I'm going to give you the joke of the week. Here we go. My, bo- my boss told me to have a good day, so I went home. All right, it's not the best. You know, in a pinch, it'll work. But, hey, if you're going to be that upset at life and you don't even want to laugh at a joke, that's fine. You're not going to get me upset. Today's episode 241, Taurus 856, we're going to talk about the Oh, very, very, very reliable firearm that goes bang, bang when you pull the trigger. Now, it has gone a little bit to the wayside recently with all the semi-automatics and all these companies that are making uh, AR-15s, not 14s that Joe says. He calls them the AR-14. I don't know what that is, but I know the AR-15s. And all these companies, it's hard to keep up. But we will discuss. As soon as the clowns tell me that they're ready, episode 241, Taurus 856. And there it is. They're ready. <laughs> Episode 241, Taurus 856. Today we're going to take a a walk down range where we're going to be looking at a faithful firearm that probably, I could say, won the Old West and it was used in law enforcement for so long that when semi-automatic started bringing themselves into the picture in the late 80s, the law enforcement community said, no, no, wait, wait, pull that back. Get that plastic gun out of my face. I'm perfectly fine with my six-shooter. And that is the revolver. The Taurus company, originally in, from Brazil, They didn't have a very good track record, we'll say, 
in making revolvers, but they sure will revolutionize the industry, and we'll get to that in a second. But a little bit about the Taurus Company. Founded in 1982, Taurus Holding is the American subsidiary of the Brazilian firm. Now, they saw a need to come to America in uh, the 80s for, I, I, I believe, to become a competitor in the huge American market. Now, originally, the company, they go back um, probably to the 1940s, if, uh, if memory serves me correct, and purchase or, or create manufacturing firearms in Brazil. But as I said earlier, they didn't have that quality type firearm that Americans were going crazy for, like, ooh, 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 I gotta get a Taurus. That really wasn't happening. So they had moved forward in 1982, creating the Taurus Holding Company. And now they're based out of Georgia. There was a time they were based out of Miami, Florida. So in 2018, they came out with their 856 model revolver. Now, what revolutionized the industry was several things. Number one, a revolver is back on the market in 2018 in a very heavily semi-automatic field. Number two, it was a light revolver weighing almost nothing. Number three, it had actually six rounds to it because some smaller revolvers only have five rounds, but this one had six. And it had a two-inch barrel. And it was a handsome revolver, too. It came color-coordinated. Red, blue, yellow, whatever color you like, you could get this revolver. And the best and most revolutionary part of this revolver is the price. The price rang to everybody's ear between $200 and $300. Of course, the manufacturer's suggested price is always some wish list they have because whatever you read on their websites is a figment of their imagination because in the market, it usually goes down about maybe a hundred bucks from what they're saying as dealers buy by large amounts and they get better prices, they start lowering the prices down and move those weapons out of their stores. So the Taurus A56 would start revolutionizing the industry back into looking at revolvers because of the components that they were putting on this weapon. Small, light, had a six round capacity, and it was pretty in color. And here's the best part. It could actually hold P plus P rounds, 38s, plus P rounds. So it, it, it was shooting those rounds that were extremely powerful. Well, you could not have asked for a better weapon. Now, at the time, the 
Colt Manufacturing Company had just previously uh, done their Colt Cobra, I believe it was called. And yeah, it was a lukewarm reception in the firearms community in America. It had everything that I kind of mentioned in the 856, but one big item was left out, and that was the price. You see, the Colt Cobra was between six and nine hundred dollars, and they even had one model that was in the thousand dollar range. So, talk about turning people off. They went right back to semi automatic world, content, happy with their Glocks and everything else in their possession. But then here comes Taurus, and with a small price tag of in the, and it really, it really came out in, in about 220 to 230 to 240 was the price range you were getting these things before pandemic. After or well, during pandemic, as we are now, because you know Joe and all the rest of them want to mask us up and put uh, diapers on our face all over again. Still in that price range, two to three hundred dollars. It's still very convenient, and it had to go through the reviews and on youtube there are plenty of re reviews on the ultra light 856 and for the most part a lot of people saying like it and it definitely uh, will pass that test of reliable looks good good on the wallet or cheap on the wallet and the round that it shoots is not as difficult to find. So therefore, it is passing with flying colors. Now revolvers, for those that don't know, because they might be young millennials and all they know is on movies that they see, semi-automatics, the revolver shoots in single action and double action. We'll get that close right now. When you take your revolver and you press on that trigger and it starts slowly going back, back, back. About 10 to 12 pounds of pressure is needed to pull that trigger back. A lot more force than a regular semi-automatic. When you shoot that first round, it has shot in double action. So the double action of pulling the trigger and getting that hammer to pull back and go forward and hitting the striker, that was double action to do that and therefore it shot. Now, the revolver will remain in the cockback position, the hammer will remain back, and it will be less pressure to shoot it, maybe in around, somewhere around four pounds of pressure. And uh, this is single action, it's called. So it's easier to press that trigger. So revolvers, not all of them, but most of them have this single double action revolver. A couple of uh, semi-automatics do as well. And, uh, but this is what's unique about the revolver world. Now, the beautiful part about the revolver world is the gun goes bang, bang when you press the trigger. Almost, almost 100% reliable. Nothing, of course, is 100%, but it will go bang, bang. 
uh, semi-automatics have gotten better and better with technology that uh, uh, mishaps with them are almost a thing of the past. But they do happen, depending on the rounds and so forth. Now, Taurus came up with the 856 Ultra Light with, as I said, six rounds, uh, two-inch barrel, and it came in around 16 ounces, which is very, very light. And it does handle a, a plus P round and a 38 special round as well. So it takes the, the, the strong, hard stuff. And so you're not shooting a, a cap gun here. And that was one of those things that attracted a lot of people to it. As a result, recently, in 2020, I believe it was like October, November 2020, Torridge came out with the 856 Defender. Now the barrel would be three inches long, a little bit bigger than the two-inch one. It is light also, about 17.3 ounces, somewhere in that area. Six rounds as well, carrying the Plus P and the Special 38s as well. So... It's still concealable. It's three inches, a little bit, an inch more than the other one. Uh, it mostly uh, hand size now. If you want to get a little bit bigger, uh, your hands a little bit bigger, and you want to get around the frame a little bit bigger, um, the Defender might be for you. Now they also do one with a concealed hammer, which I don't know why. What it, you really don't even the 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 hammer is really not going to be an obstruction in your carry concealed because the, this thing is so light you could literally carry it in your pocket and with the 10 to 12 pounds of force to pull the trigger man for that thing to go off but you should always keep it in a safety in, in a holster of some type but it is light and easily concealable so the the um the hammer should not be an issue, but they do sell one with a concealed hammer. That means it's kind of like chopped off on top. But the problem with that is it's going to shoot in double action. It's not going to remain in the back position as you shoot it. So I don't really like that. I'd like that double single action because it's um, you, you kind of train for that event, and that's the good thing. They also have uh, one that has a red grip laser on it. So on the grip itself, there's a red laser. And uh, at all, at affordable prices of two to $300, you cannot go wrong. But now, as my, my teacher, Pistol Pete the Gunsmith, I remember those long days that we had out in the range where you were pick because of your special skill of not being not being too good in hiding and your superiors found you in the hallway somewhere and said hey you get over to the range no it's time to clean revolvers this process would go on for two or three days after a while you would just lose your mind as you would scrape the carbon off hundreds and hundreds of revolvers that had been used for a period of a whole year. And during that time, our armorer, which was Pistol Pete the gunsmith, 
would always tell me about certain areas on a revolver that you had to keep special emphasis on. And one of them was the bolt lock. That's right underneath the cylinder. and keeps the cylinder in place. Well, that starts picking up a lot of carbon dust and dirt and grime get in there. And I personally witnessed a lot of people on that line shooting on the range as their hand would go up and sometimes it was their actual shooting hand that would go up even scarier when but their hand would go up and they would tell you my gun doesn't open this is a revolver then you would grab that revolver from them and you would proceed to do everything you can to try to unlock that cylinder and you could not because the build up of carbon on the bottom of that bolt lock was so thick and then the weapon had heated gotten hot and heated up and it locked itself in place so that's one area of maintenance and of course you're not going to be you know like a, a law enforcement range where these are loaner guns to go out and qualify with and people are shooting and shooting and shooting and throw them in the boxes after they finish as a Second Amendment holder, you're going to take care of your beloved gun, and hopefully after you shoot it at the range, you will clean it. But for those people that are not big into cleaning and say, I like to go a thousand, two thousand, three thousand rounds before I clean my gun, keep an emphasis, <coughs> excuse me, keep an emphasis on that bolt lock area right underneath the cylinder, because that will get full of carbon and lock you up. Your ejector rod your cylinder release, these are all areas that may give you trouble with a revolver if you don't properly clean and lubricate it. But most of, for the most part, revolvers are foolproof. They're, a hundred, they're like tanks. They just keep going and going and going, similar to a Glock. The best thing that you have to ask yourself is why why in the world would I get a cheap revolver well there is no specific reason is more of a preference you know we live in the semi-automatic world nowadays where everything's the plastic gun I remember when the Glock first came out and me and Kilo Sierra have discussed this on several podcasts that uh, there was the brunt of jokes, the Glock, and don't put it out in the sun, it's going to melt, and so forth. And we got away from the revolver, and now, after Glock's patents, you know, the patent kind of exists for 25 years, and then all of a sudden, the industry can now use that design. We're starting to see plastic guns or polymer semi-automatics all over the place they are getting good they are getting better they're not what they were back in the 80s today they're more sophisticated as as ever and probably a lot more reliable but the revolver is those six shots lightweight like this uh, firearm is with the ability to shoot plus p which is a heavy round and it almost is invisible 
with a two inch barrel. Now remember, the shorter the barrel, the less accurate you're going to be. But a lot of shootouts happen at very close distances. The New York City Police Department has shown us that in their statistical gathering of over 30 or 40 years, that a shooting usually happens between uh, two, to the, two to five feet within two to five seconds. And a lot of shootings, there is no look at your sights. It's more of a point-shoot type of engagement because you want to get those shots off because you're getting shot at as well. So a lot of the shooting elements that you do in a range that you shoot at the paper target, all that goes out the window as you're fighting to survive. So a revolver gives you that sense of confidence that you know as soon as you get enough pressure on that trigger to, to fire that first round and you go into single action, this thing, this baby's going to work. There's no, am I limp wristing it? And is there a potential for something to happen? It is more likely to happen with a semi-automatic than a revolver. And the price. Where in the world can you get a gun nowadays between two and $300 that wasn't made in Turkey? That's right, I said it. The knockoffs from Turkey, people are buying them left and right. But folks, those components that are inside those Turkish weapons that they're buying, they're not very reliable. I know, I know there's a small little gathering of knuckleheads out there that say, my gun is perfect and it's made in Turkey, and I swear by it. But you really got to remember, you get what you pray for. Now, even this weapon, it was made in America. It's, it's assembled here in Georgia. It's still $300. So I would not buy a $300 gun and not worry about it. I'd worry about it. And what I mean by that is after I use it, I clean it, I lubricate it. I'd make sure it's up to specs because I know I didn't spend a lot of money for it. And uh, it's my life, my safety. So therefore, I'm going to take that extra mile. A lot of us Glock boys and girls are spoiled. We're used to taking Glocks out, shooting, putting them in holsters and forgetting about them. And they keep on going and going like the Energizer Bunny. But in all actuality, you should have a lot of care over your firearm. I, re I really am a, uh, accurate, I, I'm really in favor, I was trying to get the right word here, of not spending a lot of money on something you may not use every day, but A, it's great to have. And the Taurus 856 Lite fills that, that build, at least in my mind it does. It's a weapon that you can carry every so often, depending on your likes. For me, if I, it probably would not be my everyday carry, but I would carry it. I would also maybe even carry it in the ankle. And why? Because it's light at, uh, I think I said 16 ounces. And so for, with 16 ounces, you almost don't feel that thing on your ankle, period. And it's good to have. So it just gives you a, a lot more 
options. And uh, for that price, you cannot go wrong. Especially the review on the A56 have come out pretty positive. The review on the A56 Defender that came out in October, November of 2020 also came out pretty positive. Again, not a lot of people, these reviewers, they do an outstanding job and they're very good at what they do in reviewing these guns on YouTube. But let's face it, if, if it's not $1,000 or, or it has a big price tag, they're not really interested in it. So although there are very few reviews for the Taurus A56 Lite, there are some they've done their homework, they've shot it, and uh, hey, they're throwing, they're throwing it in the safe. So this is one of these guns that I would definitely throw in the safe. So what's up next? August 8th, episode 242, we dive back into the Wise Guys series, looking at the French Connection, a part of the Lucchese crime family, how they got involved in the French Connection. How long ago was this, is this connection really French or is this an Italian thing? I'm all confused. And why did they make a movie out of this whole thing? We're going to discuss that on August 8th on episode 242. Now, as we close our episodes, remember, I'm going to always let you go with the word of God because you cannot be fulfilled 100% without the power of the protection of the Almighty above. We're only half the warrior that we need to be. But when we're with God, we're the full warrior that we should be. And today we go back to the book of Galatians, chapter 6 and verse 2. And it says, Bear one another's burdens as so fulfilling the law of Christ. And we're working on that link that we told you about on RaiderCopNation.com that's going to be called AWOL. You click on that, you can hear a lot more on the on the Word of God. 30 minutes or less. Some of the episodes are really like 10, 15 minutes. But if you uh, hey, went AWOL on Sunday, you didn't get to, to hear the good Word of the Lord, then you can jump on for 15, 20, 30 minutes with us and get you going. You gotta have that eternal light beaming on top of you because it's going to make you better at whatever you're trying to get at. As always, it is my honor and pleasure to be your host on Raider Cup Podcast. Continue to pray for yourself because without you in the game, we have nothing. Continue to pray for your family, your community, the law enforcement agencies that serve you. And most importantly, and you hear those sirens, pray for the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike, and I'm out of here.
Four three two three, just uh thirteen twenty two.